am back at it again, guys. Welcome to Bear the Poke podcast. It's me, I'm your host. You know who I am. And, well, what a week it has been. So, today, what are we talking about? Uh, We are going to talk about a couple of topics. The topics that we are talking about today are Trump derangement syndrome and some fake news. Let's get into it. All right, so, um, I'd say over the past four four and a half years or so i have you know witnessed many many examples of instances where you know a particular strain of virus infects the minds of people anyone from leftist politicians media personalities hollywood celebrities and even people on the street This virus, it has the ability to infect the brain, causing its victims to act and behave in such a way that I can only describe them as deranged. Victims have been observed screeching, crying, getting violent, or just spewing absolute vitriol out of their foam-filled mouth. There is a name for this disease virus or whatever you want to call it it's now known as trump derangement syndrome scientists haven't found any cure for it they probably never will this week i have seen another level of trump derangement syndrome emerge it's latest victims actually i'm not going to say latest victims they've always been they've always had it this week it was a US representative Alexandra Acasio Cortez and the musician Pink. Now they've been long sufferers of Trump derangement syndrome, but they've refused any sort of help in curing themselves. So good luck to them. So what happened? All right. So this week we saw President Trump uh, hold his first. We'll call it a MAGA rally, a presidential uh, election rally. First one he's had since February 2020, and it was in Tulsa, Oklahoma, at a place called the Bok Center, B-O-K Center. Uh, It's an indoor stadium. Uh, It holds 19,000 seats. And like any big event, I guess, you need to go online and you need to book tickets to attend this event. Uh, the tickets were free, but you just have to register. That's it. So this is where the Trump derangement syndrome took hold of Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez, where she decided that she's going to try and limit the amount of people getting in and seeing President Trump. So she has organized for this some thing they call the K-pop fans in South Korea. I don't know, they follow some music over there and they love getting on the TikTok and whatever. So she's organized for them to swarm the uh, the booking website um, and book tickets so that it would stop legitimate Americans from attending. Now, it, it's 
hard to say whether she was effective or not. She certainly thinks it worked, and naturally, the mainstream media praised her as some sort of moral crusader, a pillar of the community. Um, so it's, it was reported in uh, various different places that about 12,000 to 15,000 people, depending on where you're reading, uh, 12 to 15,000 people got into the venue. There's also been reports I've read that there were protesters outside blocking gates to stop uh, people getting in. Either way, there may be a few few thousand people that couldn't fill some seats. Uh, So how does Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez, how did she respond to this poor showing, apparently? She's gone on to her pathetic Twitter page. And she's tweeted the following. I'm going to read it out to you exactly word for word. You just got rocked by teens on TikTok who flooded the Trump campaign with fake ticket reservations and tricked you into believing a million people wanted your white supremacist open mic enough to pack an arena during COVID. Shout out to Zoomers. Y'all make me so proud. Hmm. I probably won't win any awards for my uh, impersonation there, but that's okay. Uh, so, <laughs> Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. So, I've had a look at who she is. So, for the people who don't know, so her Wikipedia, Wikipedia page says that she is a U.S. representative of the 14th District in the House of U.S. Representatives. She is the uh, one of the first female members of the Democratic Socialists elected to serve in Congress. So she's a woman whose platform uh, includes abolishing U.S. immigration and customs enforcement, otherwise known as ICE. So she wants to get rid of them. Doesn't need them. We don't need immigration enforcement, apparently. Just let the illegals come in. So there's no surprise that that's one of her things. She also says she wants free public college and then a 70% marginal tax rate on millionaires. So she doesn't want people succeeding and doing well for themselves. She wants to tax them at 70%. Nowhere else in the world has such a high tax rate. Uh, But she does have some power and influence. So she's also a part of Joe Biden's presidential campaign. So whenever she speaks, she's speaking really uh, on behalf of Joe Biden as well, who is running for president. But before all of this, she was a bartender. What type of person, though? behaves like this she's this is childish behavior it's vindictive it's it'd be offensive to any american that wanted to hear the president speak she doesn't but she doesn't care about everyday americans at all she's anti-american that's why she wants to get rid of ice she wants to get rid of the police So just recently, on the 20th of May, it stated, she tweeted and then quickly deleted. This was a, this was an interesting moment. This was like, not a window into her mind. This was like a, a a big, big garage roller door uh, into her mind. She's tweeted, uh, in relation to the COVID-19 pandemic, I'm going to read this one out to you word for word. 
It's vital that governors maintain restrictions on business until after the November elections, because economic recovery will help Trump get re-elected. A few business closures or job losses is a small price to pay to be free from his presidency. Hashtag keep us closed. So there she is in a tweet, actually being so outrageous, just not even trying to hide it, actually saying that she would rather that governors of individual cities keep maintain these restrictions on businesses until after the no- November elections. Because why? Because she thinks it will hurt Trump in his re-election campaign. And then says, a few business closures or job losses is a small price to pay. Well, try telling that to those small business owners or the people who work there. She does not care about these people. These people are deranged that they could even consider that. And then she tweets it out to everyone. I've seen this tweet. So what I'll do is I'll post it to the Facebook page after this episode goes up. Can you just, though, imagine the outrage, the media pile on? If Donald Trump was to do something like this to any political opponent, any person, you know, the media don't even seem to care about this, that Miss Cortez has done this. In fact, they have gone the opposite way. They praise it. They legitimize it. And this is what Trump derangement syndrome looks like, everyone. Someone who behaves that way. Then you have another Trump derangement syndrome victim. Pink, the musician. So she's made no secret of her hate for Donald Trump. I don't know what her reasons are, but I guess it's, you know, it's the fashionable Hollywood thing to orange man bad. It's... So after Trump's rally in Tulsa, the one we've just been talking about, she's Pink's gone and tweeted, I think I sold out the same place in five minutes. So now she wants to gloat about her achievement of selling out this venue and to demean Donald Trump in some sort of way. Now, you can't have it both ways there. If the media on one hand want to attribute these crowd numbers to TikTok users and Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez, then gloat that he couldn't fill the place. That doesn't make any sense to me. You can't have it both ways. So you're saying that he can't fill the place because he's not popular, or you're saying it's because we've manipulated the booking system. It's one or the other. So TMZ, the Hollywood gossip website, they suffer from Trump derangement syndrome as well. Uh, they literally posted the Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez article and the Pink articles right after each other. They just they couldn't contain themselves with their Trump derangement syndrome. They, they just failed to see the irony in what they publish. Trump derangement syndrome, I, I do know of a remedy though. Stop listening to mainstream media. Look deeper than what you're being told. Look at the numbers. Question what you're being told. Seek alternative sources. If the narrative always seems to be the same direction, something is not right. Now, let's look at why they would want to limit people listening to Donald Trump. 
they are obviously worried, they are scared that he's actually powerful. The message he's delivering is getting through to people. That's why they want to stop it. Instead of trying to stop him in a, a normal way with coming back with better policies and something that can say, hey, we're better than him. Instead, let's try to silence him. But this is how dumb they are. It, it's it's televised. You can watch it on the internet. You can watch it on TV. So, you know, stopping a few thousand people from coming in, that doesn't do anything. So I don't know. Other than the media being able to say, look, there's not as many bums on seats here. Ha, ha, ha. It, it's it's ludicrous. Anyway. What are we going to do? Let's Let's talk about something else. All right. All right, what next? Uh, all right, this is the fake noose. All right, so you've probably seen the story uh, circulating about a NASCAR driver, Bubba Wallace. Now, I don't, I don't watch NASCARs. I've never watched NASCARs. I don't know uh, a lot about NASCARs other than they drive in circles around a, a bloody track. Uh, it's pretty popular in America and other parts of the world. It's not popular with me. All right, so this driver, Bubba Wallace, so apparently he's the only uh, black uh, NASCAR driver uh, on the NASCAR circuit. So he has claimed this week, and gee, what a time, uh, that he's the victim, he was the victim of a hate crime. Ooh, no. So the allegations were that a noose had been hung in his team garage uh, at Daytona. So, uh, he feels that this noose was hung uh, as an attack on him for being black. And he then managed to guilt uh, NASCAR, and by virtue, all the other NASCAR drivers, into calling out this abhorrent act, where they all stood in unison to publicly support Bubba, to call out racism. I'm sure that these drivers, like most other people, had their doubts about the story. But what could they do? They had to go along with this, and uh, they were—I would say—they they were coerced into supporting this. But as per usual, we were right to question this because the FBI were actually called in. Fifteen agents were called in. So these 15 agents, they attended, they finished this investigation pretty quickly. You know what they found? They found that this noose that was being referred to, it was actually a door rope. The one that you pull a roller door down with. And the noose on the end of this, I I would struggle to be a noose for a rabbit. Uh, So the FBI report says it had been hung there since October 2019, before Bubba's team had even moved into that garage. You seriously can't make this shit up. First we had, you know, Jussie Smollett uh, a year ago, you know, with his fake hate crime. No one ever thought that was real. You know, the the one that said, This is mega country! And hung the noose around his neck. Apparently, I still, I still will laugh at that. It is so stupid, Bubba. If you want to make allegations of a serious nature, you got to back it up with some evidence. 
these NASCAR garages I've, I'm reading, they're quite protected. There's security cameras, and, and rightly so. I mean, there's millions of dollars worth of equipment in there. This story didn't add up from the start, and, and any sane person knew this and questioned it. But the media, they, it didn't stop them from just salivating over this as if it was fact and that America is this racist country. You know, this crime that they talk about of placing a, a hate crime, of placing a noose on the victim or being used as a hate crime. So I've looked, up, I've looked this up. So in between 2015 and 2018, this particular crime was reported eight times in America. Eight times in those three years. Of those eight, all of them turned out to be fake. A hoax. And that was before the Jussie Smollett one. And and the media, they have fallen for it every time. And every time they look like fools. They don't learn. So this one, it goes in the bin. Jussie, Bubba. This one's going in the bin. And we're labelling it fake noose. Alright, so... <laughs> Oh, seriously. I, these guys give me so much material to, to play with. So, anyway, all right. So, um, poor Bubba. Uh, and he, he hasn't backed down either, actually. So, he, he went on uh, Don Lemon's show uh, on CNN, of course. And Don Lemon, you should see his face. He's looking at poor Bubba. Oh, no, how could anyone do this? And Bubba doubles down on the allegation of what happened. He, he won't let it go. So um, here, I'll play you a little bit of this interview. It, it goes for about six minutes, the whole interview. I'm not going to play all six minutes, um, but just have a listen. Um, it's pathetic. Um, I don't know what time it was, about 5, 36 o'clock on Sunday evening after the race has been called, garages are closed. Cruise. My crew is on a plane back to North Carolina. Um, I get a phone call from the president, Steve Phelps, and it's a phone call, Don, that I'll never forget. It's one of those phone calls where you can automatically tell within the first couple seconds that something's wrong. So he's like, right, we need to talk in person. So I'm like, okay. So he walks down to the motorhome, opens up the door. The look that he had on his face alerted me in a way that I'll never forget as well. And it's still thinking like, but the conversation that I had with Steve Phelps was... I would say, and I'm speaking for him, I'm, I would probably say one of the hardest things, if not the hardest thing he's ever had to tell somebody. Tears rolling down his face, choked up on every word that he was trying to say, that uh, the evidence that he had brought to me that a hate crime was committed, and I immediately thought my family was in danger. And so I was about ready to call my mom and dad and to make sure everybody was okay. Uh, but it was in the garage stall that our car was at. And so I was kind of like taken back and not really comprehending everything i was just like what it showed the the testament to him and the character that he has and how he's representing the sport and how he wants to stand up for what's right and he's not going to tolerate any racist acts or anything and i stand behind steve i stand behind nascar um but i i never seen the news i never reported it yeah okay all right uh poor baba all right yeah you go as i said you're in the bin with jussie so, okay, so what's happened? So the president now of NASCAR, 
Steve Phelps has been quite woke lately, and he recently banned the Confederate flag from NASCAR events and promoted the rainbow flag for Pride Month and allowed Bubba Wallace to deck out his NASCAR in Black Lives Matter logos. So instead of admitting he got it wrong in the Bubba Wallace scandal, he's now doubling down and said in a statement, Upon learning of and seeing the noose, our initial reaction was to protect our driver. We're living in a highly charged and emotional time. What we saw was a symbol of hate and was only present in one area of the garage. That of the 43 car of Bubba Wallace. Now, as a result of this fake hate crime, Phelps says that additional cameras will now be installed in all garages and will mandate that all NASCAR members have sensitivity and unconscious bias training. So instead of disciplining Wallace and his team for faking this hate crime, they're going to have to make all the white drivers undergo sensitivity training and unconscious bias training. I wonder if they'll make Bubba do some training course on truth-telling, or is this just all Whitey's fault? Now, to make matters worse, NASCAR released a photo of this noose, and they made sure that they got up really close to it, which we all know when you're taking photos makes the object look a lot bigger than it actually is. So instead of being honest, NASCAR and Bubba Wallace still want sympathy for their oppression. No matter how much they double down or pander, they're just not going to get it. Nobody knew who this Bubba guy was a few days ago. Now everyone knows that Bubba Smollett is just a big, fat, phony. So, alright, that probably brings me to the end of this show. So, uh, I hope you enjoyed uh, this show. So, as you've probably um, been aware, I, I don't really have a uh, a schedule of when I'm going to put out another episode. It just seems to be when I feel like it. I try and do it, you know, one a week. Um, and now I've, I've stuck with that. It's just uh, the, the day that it comes out is sort of uh, whenever I get around to it, really. So, I hope you're enjoying... Um, what I'm putting out there. If you have any suggestions as to topics you want me to talk about, uh, just send me a message on the Facebook page. Uh, please subscribe to the show using uh, on Apple Podcasts. Fuck Google Podcasts. I I've tried everything to get it on there. Um, look, it may happen soon. I don't know. Uh, same goes for Spotify. That that may happen soon. So at this stage, it's just Apple Podcast and on the uh, the Podbean uh, website there, guys. So I do thank you for listening. If you want to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, do so. Uh, that would be much appreciated. Uh, and until next time, everyone, it is goodbye. Yeah!